Have you ever wondered how the separate threads of your life fit in to one big picture? How the individual moments of challenge and triumph connect to one another to form the great meaning of your life? I am Anna Mullins, your Life Story Editor, and I'm convinced that making sense of our deepest pain can help us understand our deepest purpose. In my speaker training program and on this podcast, I help people weave together those confusing, often shameful pieces of their past, revealing the life-changing lessons that create their profound new story. Welcome to Unapologetic Stories, where secrets are out and the truth is in. Welcome back, storytellers. Please excuse me while I do a little happy dance over here. I can barely contain my excitement for my guest today. She is one of, first of all, the original unapologetic speaker training grads. There were six of them, one of the OGs from the first ever cohort, like ever, ever, the first group ever to perform together on stage, not once, but twice. And after she graduated from that program, she then became the official photographer for that program and has photographed many other speaker grads. She is also my personal and business photographer. You probably know who she is already as I'm starting to talk here, if you've followed me for a while. She's also the photographer for Unapologetically Her and has been in the past, has captured the likes of Caitlin Bristow, Arlene Dickinson, Mary Zilba, Nira Aurora, Sarah Nicole Landry, and all of our fabulous speakers and guests over the years. But she is here today for another reason. Though, of course, she might be best known for that photography work over the last decade, she has recently been proclaiming herself as semi-retired, in a way, from that work and that business. You might be asking yourself why, given her insane talent for photography. It is because she is finally, in capital letters, fully embracing her identity and her new life mission, which is working as an ADHD life coach. Now, this is a journey, realizing the ADHD, of course, that coincidentally started at the same time that she was taking the unapologetic speaker training program many years ago. And I cannot tell you how patiently I have been waiting to see this story burst onto the scene, to see this side of my guest today, to watch her transfer her superpowers as a photographer, holding compassionate space for her clients to be seen and heard, and now really expanding that into a global connection space for women who have ADHD, just like her. And with this community, which is designed to embrace their full identity and focus on wellness, Christy Powers, that's who we're talking to today, is getting things done and helping other people get things done with this big word on the end, together, getting things done together. I mean, seriously, can we talk about how critical this actual topic is? So important, in fact, that is why I'm doing a happy dance, hence my excitement over here to welcome my friend Christy Powers to Unapologetic Stories. Christy, welcome, or should I say welcome back? Yes, thank you. I feel like I need to clap, like I'm walking out, like (laughs) even though I'm just like kind of sitting here, I'm like, oh, thank you for that introduction. Usually when I'm speaking, there's like a stage and an audience yeah. and I'm introducing you up onto it. Like there's, it's not. I know I felt the buildup. It feels weird that I'm sitting in this room by myself. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and sitting there looking fantastic, by the way. I said that when you first came on the screen, you look literally glowing. Like you have become an actual new version of yourself. And I know we all have in some way over the course of this pandemic, but let's just really get right into it. When did you first discover that you had ADHD? Uh, yeah, so it was it was around the time, actually, it was right at the time that we started with the training. But, you know, before that, I mean, I don't know if we, if we even back it up, it's like, you know, what, living your whole life being like, 
something's not quite right. Like just, I look to other people and it's like, yes, of course, in comparison, of course, we're not all alike, but I always just felt like that there was something off, something different, something that I just, I couldn't get things done the same way that, that others seem to. Um, and then around that time, I think, was it probably 2018? Yes. Um, I started seeing some memes being shared um, on Facebook and, um, you know, reading some articles. I was kind of like, oh, I really, mm, that kind of sounds like me. I'm like, mm, like, I felt like, wow, these, I really, really resonate with a lot of these, these articles. Um, but, you know, as it, as it was going on, um, and I, I think it's just so ironic that my uh, talk with the, with the training was about stepping stones. And in it, I was basically just, you know, releasing the shame and the guilt around everything that I've done because all of those stepping stones, you know, had led me to that point. And, yeah. and, and now further, you know, those stones continued and now here I am today. And so, you know, it was, it was conversations between you and I, we were talking about, you know, I know your knowledge with somebody, you know, people in your family that identify as uh, having ADHD. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like those, those conversations between us, like was really also like really part of the, the catalyst to, to actually go out and like seek a formal diagnosis. Off the top, I love your honesty anyway, but yeah, if I, if I think back to that time and I remember your talk, it was about stepping stones, but again, it's like releasing the shame of doing all of the things. I remember the language you used. It's like, I have done all of the things. And I think there's a lot of adults out there and particularly creative minded business people and business women who have a ton of ideas. It's like their ideas are just coming to them. And like you said, I have people with ADHD in my actual family. So I know what this feels like and I can really identify that. And I see some of the, those tendencies in many people that I know, but tell us what the difference is between identifying kind of being creative and having lots of ideas, which you are as well, and actually kind of where that line moves into this might be actually a diagnosable uh, neurodivergency. You know, and I think like, you know, we hear a lot of people say, oh, squirrel, and then, you know, they're distracted, and doesn't everybody have a little ADHD? And, and I think that can really just gloss over the fact that, you know, having ADHD it comes with a lot, a lot of things that can impact your life negatively. So it's not just like, as much as I do like to joke about it too, being like, ah, you know, in my, in my talk, it was like, oh, you know, I've been called flighty, like, you know, I, I'm here, I'm there, I'm doing all these things, I'm doing all these things, but like, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on, you know, in our hearts and our, and our souls and how it's affecting us and being like, you know, never feeling good enough, never, you know, always feeling like a failure. And it's like, you know, oh, I'm into all these different things, but like, you know, at what cost, like, it's just, it's like another level of struggle than, than surface level, right? It's, it's deeper, it's deeper. And what yeah. was that? What did that look like for you? Like when you talk about that struggle behind the scenes. So we see kind of like the creative, really positive and inspirational Christy with it, all the projects. And you're kind of identifying what I've seen in my own family as like, we haven't ever really arrived maybe at that point of achievement. We're just kind of always getting part way there, but never really finishing or getting things done, as you say, in, in your language here, really getting the thing done. What did that really feel like for you behind the scenes? Like, honestly, if you could see my face right now, it would be like giant eye rolls, like, oh, like, oh, and just that sound of like, oh, like shrugging. It's just like that, that feeling of like defeat in myself. Like I, I, I roll my own eyes at myself and I'm like, you know, I'm doing all these things and I'm not finishing them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing too. So, so it, the result is like feeling overwhelmed. I felt like I was chronically overwhelmed, always in a state of chaos and just like a failure in so many ways. And so it's hard because on the, on the outside, there is that part of me that, that that's true. And, you know, part of it is, but then the other part is just kind of masking like the immense failure that I, that I feel inside all of the time. Oh, I just feel that in my gut and heart and everywhere. When you say that, just feeling like an immense failure and outwardly, like I look at you and think, oh my goodness, you are just one of those people that I look up to, frankly. And so to not feel that what we see and to not feel that on the inside. I think that's the critical dialogue here, which is that it really doesn't matter outwardly and externally what's being put out in the world. If you go home at night and feel a sense of failure, or if you identify this as a feeling of failure and that you just can't get the thing done. I mean, I think it's extraordinarily brave as an adult and a mother of three young children to walk into 
any office and ask for help anywhere, but to actually seek a diagnosis at this point in your life, walk me through what that process was like for you. Well, actually, I think I said it to you when I sent the the text message and I'm like, you know, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I passed the test with flying colors. (laughs) I aced that test. (laughs) I was off the charts. They actually said I was off the charts. But anyways, um, you know what it was? It was like validation. Like I can't even describe to you like the level of like ugly tears in a good way of feeling validated and, and knowing that, no, this isn't an, an excuse. I'm not, I wasn't out to look for an excuse, but I was out to look for an ex, ex, like an explanation. And like, also, which led me to this, this path of being able to connect with others who feel the same and not feeling so alone, not feeling so alone. I think that's one of the things. Yeah. Again, I just feel like a deep sigh, like how much of a relief to just know and to have information. I know, and, and I'm saying this because people often, and as adults, we are often so ashamed of receiving a diagnosis of anything, mm-hmm. whether it's ADHD or depression in my case, or any of the things that we could, you know, we have these medical labels. It is so empowering to have information, even though we, we might want to say, you know, we don't want to fit into one box or another, be labeled this or that. I just have the complete opposite experience. Every single time I've been given a diagnosis or I've been given a diagnosis for somebody in my family, it opens the door, it opens the window, it opens opportunities. And the biggest thing, which you're talking to here, is it opens a network of other people who can say, I identify with some or all of those feelings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think I think the thing is too, like I read this thing where it was like, you know, labels, like everybody's trying to label everything. And you know, the truth is, even without a label, people are labeling you. <laughs> Anyways, you know? Right. And um Is I that mean, how you felt? Did you feel that way? Well, yeah, because on the outside it'd be like, you know, I'm always late. Everybody knows, like especially in my I'm I get overwhelmed by messages. I can't respond to messages and you know, I, um, late with things, very late with things. And it's like, to the point where it was like extreme, like guilt, I think it's like the spiral of like guilt and shame. And so it's not like with ADHD, it's, it's not like the surface level. Yeah. I've, I've overcommitted. I'm super busy. I've got lots to do. It's like, yes, that. And like how many layers deep it, it's like the, it's like the, um, iceberg analogy, right. What you see okay. on the surface versus like everything that's going on below. Right. Yeah. And so like on the surface for you, it might've looked like, or for us, maybe it might've looked like a late text message or an email that didn't get replied to. And for you underneath, it was, I'm hearing maybe like a storm of not only overwhelm because of all the projects on the go, but also the feelings, the guilt and the shame and everything underneath that, that is just becoming a barrier. It's becoming an impossible task. Exactly. It's that feeling of being in complete paralysis. Okay. Say that again. It's a feeling of being in complete paralysis. Yeah. And so, you know, it might look to the outside. Okay. Maybe I'm rude because I'm not responding. You know, I'm forgetful. Um, But then when I remember, it's like, ah, and I'm remembering all these things. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, there's a complete wall and you're, you're living in paralysis and it's, it's really hard to get out of that. It really is. Wow. Okay. I'm so glad you're here having this conversation. Let's kind of take a quick um, sort of pause from your personal story, just to sort of open up to some of the wisdom of what ADHD is. So just on the surface, if somebody were out there now thinking, wait a second, that really feels like me. And I'm starting to identify with some of this paralysis and the overwhelm. What are kind of the, um, you know, quote unquote, checklist of symptoms that somebody would be looking for, for an ADHD diagnosis? What is that test that you aced? (laughs) What does that feel like? Uh, Well, I mean, one thing, if I, if I can add about like the whole, the whole diagnosis, because I was, you know, in that place before, if you would have talked to me, you know, a number of years ago, I would have been like, oh, like everybody's just getting overdiagnosed. That's just, everybody's looking for a diagnosis. Everyone's getting overdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I think the truth is there's actually been a lot of misdiagnosis. And you know what, there is like, in my mind, you know, ADHD, yes, it's, it's, it's a disorder, um, 
but also at the end of the day, I, in my opinion, I think it's like also just different, different brain style. And I think there's a lot of different brain styles out there. Right. Um, but then it's like a fine balancing act because I also don't want to gloss over the fact that it does come with struggles. Yes. There are a ton of superpowers with having ADHD, but I also don't want to be dismissive of the fact that the, the struggles, like the legitimate struggles that come with it. And so, you know, some of those things that you might be might be seeing yourself um, to think about a diagnosis is, um, well, again, the procrastination, (laughs) losing things. Like I can't even tell you how many like car keys and debit cards and credit cards I lose. And like, uh, just not, it's, it's, it's executive dysfunction at, at, you know, like not being able to just, um, our, our brain craves novelty. So when it comes to like mu- mundane, boring tasks, it's like, oh, avoid, avoid, avoid. It's, it's not lazy. Right. People might feel like, oh, lazy, dismissive. It's, there's so much more that goes on behind that. Like not being able to follow through on like, on like certain tasks. And um, yeah, so a lot, a lot of things like that. Yeah. And what shows up in, in my own home is what is referred to as hyper-focus. So mm-hmm. oftentimes people think of ADHD, which um, I, we haven't even defined this, but I, I just presume everybody knows what it is, but it's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, right? Did I get that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, and so we often think of the hyperactivity portion. I think that's the thing that we associate with most is we imagine young children running around and not being able to sit still and all the kind of hyperactive components, which is actually one of the more kind of red flag symptoms in young children. But, um, and most often in girls, from what I understand, and I hope I'm accurate in saying this, is it may show up as hyper-focus, which is less of the activity and more of um, one task that is a novelty task, one task that feels really, really stimulating to the brain or really exciting is a better word for that. And then it's hyper-focused on for a period of time that becomes almost inappropriate in order to get anything else done in your world. So you're really focused on one task, but the things that are not fun for you, and this is where that comes in, that shame around, well, she's just lazy. She should be doing the other task. Well, there's something physically happening in the brain that says if it isn't creating the excitement, if it isn't that novelty, as you say, I don't want to focus on it at all. Like it's never going to get started. So you can't even get that off the ground. So I hope, am I speaking to that accurately? Yeah. yeah. You know what you said? Like, it, it's not even, it, it's like we have two, two modes. It's like, you know, we can't start or we can't stop. <laughs> can't start yes. or can't stop. <laughs> oh, and like, that. I think like the, the inattentive thing is, is another thing that, that, that does come up for, for girls. And I, you know, the whole thing with hyperactivity, yes, there's hyperfocus. And I think because traditionally we have that stigma that ADHD is hyperactive little boys that are jumping off the walls. That's and that's right. why it's no surprise that, you know, there's a whole lost generation of adult women who are missed being diagnosed because the hyperactivity was in their minds because they're maybe they're inattentive and they're kind of daydreaming and in their mind, like, okay, so funny story. This just happened when I was with my sister an hour ago, she talked about Santa. Do you hear that? I you know do how? hear that. Do we have, <laughs> I'm like, is this Santa Claus that's come and landed? Santa's here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best moment right there. We just, if you didn't hear that out in listener land, there was like a car beeping. Car right? things. I wasn't sure. I'm like, are you going to edit that part out? I don't know. Should I stop my story? <laughs> um, but so maybe, like, maybe not. Let's just go with uh, it. Okay. So <laughs> she, this is, yeah, this is AD. Hello. This is ADHD. We're here. We're there. We're getting distracted. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, my sister was saying something like, did you know that Santa is a Canadian citizen? And like within like one minute, that led me to say, I wonder what Evan's going to look like when he has adult teeth. And like, (laughs) he was like, okay, that it? She's like, what? And I'm like, okay, I'm like, so uh, you said uh, Santa's a Canadian citizen. And then I thought, oh, Santa is like a magical creature from these things or a mystical whatever. And then I started thinking about the tooth fairy and I was like, you know what? We're really bad at the tooth fairy. I've forgotten for Lucas and that's okay because he knows, but you know, Evan doesn't know. So what if I'm not going to remember for him? And I'm like, geez, when's he going to lose another tooth? I'm like, oh gosh, he's going to look so different when he has adult teeth coming. That was in the, sp- it was like, it was like not even a minute. And my sister's oh, like, goodness. what? And I said, she's like, how did you get there? And I explained her, I said, from this to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. I said, that is how my brain is always operating. That, <laughs> my friend, is hyperactivity of the mind. I might not be bouncing off the walls. I mean, hey, I do like to dance and, and get 
hyperactive, yes, yes, but like, yep. I'll tell you that that's part of being in my brain. It just, it just does not stop. So there's a glimpse, a real life glimpse. <laughs> I am absolutely just enamored and obsessed with that example because it rings so true inside my home. Like I can resonate with that with like my own family. Um, but oh my goodness, I, you probably heard me. I was like trying so hard not to laugh over top of you too. And I, and I say that not laugh at you, but just because I see it, I can absolutely see where that goes and where the brain starts to go. And then also kind of simultaneously, I'm thinking, is that where the pain lives with this? Is that where the struggle is too? Because it's just, there's no shut off for you. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is, and so, so going back to being like those young girls who are now all adults, like there, there are women in their thirties, forties, fifties, seventies, like getting diagnosed. And what the result is like, we're calling this is like, you know, the lost generation of, of women. And it's no surprise that there is a whole whack load of us, of, of people who have like, um, depression, anxiety, Mm. those are like the things that are going to come about when you are living with undiagnosed ADHD. Oh, I just like, I almost feel like crying. I don't know why that feels so powerful to me right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And that's why I, that is why I am so passionate about this work. Not because I'm trying to go out and like, Oh, everybody should get diagnosed. It's like, you know what? There are women out there who don't know. There are women out there who are feeling lost who don't feel like they're, they're not quite right. They can't just get it quite right that, you know, they might see their friends doing and maybe they, they have anxiety. Maybe they're being treated for anxiety and depression, but maybe, maybe the foundation and the cause of that is undiagnosed and untreated ADHD. Wow. Christy, this is, I, I don't know if you know how powerful this is, but I can feel it. You know, I feel energy. I feel like there are going to be people who are having transformational shifts listening to this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can feel I can feel it in myself. And while I don't identify with that, and I'm fairly familiar with the symptoms, I can feel in my soul this grasping for what you're calling the lost generation of women who truly are. And, and I think you and I have talked in the past. I've had many people in my life and in my circle and, and outside of my family, people who come to me for support in other ways that I have kind of identified, but I certainly I'm not qualified, but I see this. I really do see this. And I'm so grateful that you are even here talking about it. I'm so grateful that you were, I use the word brave loosely here, but brave enough to kind of walk this path and really go out and ask for help and support around this and talk to somebody and get a proper analysis and diagnosis and whatever you kind of do with this, I just think huge, huge, huge. Wow. And that's kind of my segue into what you're actually doing with this yeah. and what you are going to be doing with this. Um, you talked about obviously this new mission, this new life's work just, you know what, I'm just gonna leave it open. Tell me about your new life's work. Yeah. And you know what, it even started back um, when, when I was doing the training program, you know, before I got my diagnosis, I'm obviously all over Google, right? Google's my best friend, reading, reading, reading all these blogs. And, you know, everybody, everything was like pointing towards, you know, get an ADHD coach, get an ADHD coach. So of course, that's the first thing I'm looking, looking up. And um, I'm noticing that they're, they're all, old white men. And I'm like, you know, first of all, from my, my, from my, you know, business standpoint too, I'm like, okay, first of all, there's a huge gap in the market that I see, you know, where, where's the diversity here? You know, where, where is some diversity being, being represented and somebody I would resonate with? Like, that's not quite who I would want to see for my personal ADHD life coach. Um, and so there was like those two things going off, like, okay, there's not somebody here that I necessarily want to work with. And B, I, I just felt like this is it because you know what? I felt like everybody's becoming a coach. Everybody's becoming a coach. And, yes. and I live that story with the photography thing too, which is, which is awesome because you know what? Coaches are needed. Coaches are needed. It's not just some like woo woo cheesy thing, you know? Um, so, but at the same time, I didn't really see myself leaving photography for coaching in general. But when I felt this, I felt it in my soul. Let me tell you, like it just, and, and then, so I found my own coach and when I was working with her, it just like, it just solidified me so much that I want to do this because of the impact that it made on my life personally. Wow. 
Wow. And talk to me about that impact. What were you learning with your own coach that Mm -hmm. really changed for you that helped you create, um, I want to say the getting things done kind of mindset? Yeah. I think part of it is like, Ah, again, it, it starts with mindset shift and understanding yourself more and just like embracing the things that we need to do differently. And that's why, you know, going back, like it's no surprise that, you know, society builds everything around, um, like neurotypical, you know, like it's, it's society doesn't really allow for different brain styles. I mean, we're, we're getting better collectively. Right. Um, but I think, um, see, I'm so distracted by that horn going on. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I think that, you know, working with her, it was just the realization of these tools and strategies that we can use that isn't something we normally would go to. And it's like, okay, maybe that's why I didn't finish this course or I didn't finish that. It's like, you know, I didn't have the, the tools, the systems and the structures um, in place for that. Uh, right. So working with her and just like, just starting to get things done. And I think honestly, just about understanding myself more even mm-hmm. helped like at, just at the, the foundational level, just understanding myself more. <sighs> like I just feel it. It just sort of like, it took a load off my chest. You know, I was feeling like the weight, the heaviness on my body and like just getting into knowing myself and understanding myself more. It just immediately felt lighter, which then impacted like everything. It just started, you know, the, the ball started rolling in, in a good way and with me getting, getting stuff done. And, uh, and yeah, and she did help me through like certain systems and, and tools and stuff for sure. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is incredible because you, once you get something done to you get to have that spark of achievement, which you were missing before and really have that momentary look at like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing and can validate this if it feels true for you is this big deep breath and this big release of knowing that it wasn't your fault. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, it's not my fault. It just is who I am. And therefore I have a bit of an uphill battle because the world has not come to the table to support people who are neurodivergent Mm -hmm. at all. The world does not work that way. And I know that with the school system and moving children and adults and everybody through systems, because we have all these little square boxes that all people have to live inside of you have a bit of a challenge in terms of trying to carve that out for yourself, but at least when you're doing it, I think knowing that it is not your fault is really freeing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's honestly the, the, the core of it is, is knowing that having these realizations, it it really is a mindset thing um, to begin, to begin with. Yeah. A mindset thing. And then I think maybe even I'm going to plug in this word here too, um, a community, a a community thing. And more importantly, I know you're now transitioning to become an ADHD coach. That's kind of your new role. In fact, you're actually currently doing that work now, correct? Yes. I've been, I've been coaching sort of like quietly behind the scenes for, for over a year now. And um, yeah, I just, I did a couple of uh, group coaching cohorts. I'm trying to think of another word, but you know what? <laughs> the cohorts. Yeah, we'll go with cohorts. Yeah. But group court, group coaching for women who have ADHD. And the next big thing on your radar, I think, and what is launching very soon, which I'm so excited about and so glad we can share here is this membership community, yes. drawing on that word community. And what is your membership community called? Just tell us first, because it feels so good to the soul. Oh, it's simply just called connection. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so big for ADHD because it's not only just connecting those stepping stones together to figure out how do we get from point A to kind of point Z or wherever point we want to end up. It's connecting to other people, knowing that you're not alone, feeling that sense of validation that you can do this together. Now you shared a story with me. I would love for you to share it here as well. If you feel comfortable with that, um, about another conversation you were having with a woman with ADHD, um, and the struggle of asking for help. Yes. And this has come up a couple times recently and, and I'm so glad it does with clients because then I get to kind of challenge that thought. And, you know, what she was saying was that 
ah, you know, when we're, when we're on a one-to-one call, you know, we do something, sometimes it's called like body doubling and it's just having that like support person there to get something done. You know, we're in a place where we're in that paralysis and, you know, you can't necessarily respond to someone or, or do that task that you've been just sitting on and that whole anticipation. That's just, it's, it's not moving. You're stuck. You know, you're in the land of stuck and just having that support person there. And it was sort of like, you know, her saying, you know, I, this is good, but like, you know, I'd like to get to a place where I can just do it by myself. And to that, I was like, you know what, can I challenge that for a second and ask you like, why should you do that alone? Mm. Why should we do these things by ourselves? You know, if we go back, you know, into, into other like generations, our ancestors, like, or other cultures, I should say, is that it's community-based. It's like, we don't do things alone. We're, we are not built to do things alone. And, you know, this Western culture has put such an emphasis on independence and everything, you know, you must do it by yourself and for yourself and be super independent and do it all alone. And it's like, no, why, why should we, we should do things together. And how painful it is to even think about that. I mean, even as somebody who doesn't have ADHD, I'm like, can I have one of these body doubles? Mm -hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that community. I want somebody to work alongside. I don't want to do anything alone. You know that about me anyway, with unapologetic. I'm like, bring everybody in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though everybody wants to say no, probably they're like, no more, no, no more volunteer events, please. <laughs> Once you're in the vortex, you don't leave the vortex. <laughs> you and that's leave. a good thing. We love the vortex. <laughs> we love the community around here, but yes, there's a lot of, there's often a lot of work, but um, yeah, that, that sense of community and connection. I'm just, I'm thrilled that you're offering this. So this membership community, which is called literally connection, which is so beautiful, is designed for overwhelmed women with ADHD um, to really plug into this community. And the community itself is designed to embrace not only the identity, but focus on wellness and most of all, actually get things done. So what can women expect that to feel like when they show up in this community? Are they doing this body body doubling activity? What are they getting out of it? Yes, exactly. So, so in this community, I don't know, it's almost like, I mean, once we can get back into in-person thing, I mean, that, that would be like in the future, but as we're living right now, it's, it's like a virtual wellness community and inside of it is going to have group coaching. It's going to have that body doubling. So body doubling is like my number, number one tool that I've learned. And it's essentially, it's kind of like, I guess like co-working. It's like, we're going to have like co-working sessions. Um, and there's going to be stuff that I really encourage that. I mean, as you said, Anna, it's like, these things are good for everybody, but especially those with ADHD, but like, you know, the things I want to focus on, you know, the foundations to, to help us, you know, move forward. So things like movement, meditation, like women's circle, because it's, you know what it is at the end of the day, it's just being heard. You know, we yes, need to yes. be heard. We need to express ourselves and we need to be understood by people. You know, when I say to all of my clients, it's like, you know what, we, we're all different, but at, at the end of the day, you know, we're connected. We, ha- we can resonate with something, though our life may not be, we may not have the exact same struggles with our, you know, ADHD. At the end of the day, it's like just having that, that connection with, with one another. It's just yeah. so, I don't know, it's so important. It's so important and it's so necessary. It's so important, so necessary. I'm so fascinated by this body doubling. I'm just going to I'm just going to double down on it. What does it feel what does it look like? Does it I mean I'm sitting on Zoom with you right now and I'm kind of across the screen. Is it quite physically like you're mirroring my activities or are we just working kind of um, parallel to one another with a time frame? It could look like both of that actually. Oh. And I think it's like based on the whole thing of like mirror neurons, right? And so it's like being able to mirror one another and I think the important thing is the person in, in a body double. It's kind of like a, like a body double, like stunt double. It's like having that person to there to support you. And that person obviously needs to be supportive, you know, um, but um, just the, the sim- simple act of having someone there, whether physical or virtually, and just, it allows you to get something done. I mean, partially because you're under the pressure and that's, that's another good thing. You know, an ADHD brain loves a little bit of, uh, of extra of pressure and <laughs> deadlines and stuff. So, <laughs> so that's good. So that builds that in, but uh, yeah, you know uh, like what it's essentially kind of like co-working. it's getting things done together. And, you know, we, we start off a session and say, you know, proclaim, Hey, what are we working on? And then, and then we get to it and, um, could be cameras on, could be cameras off there, there, there's different styles, but at the end of the day, it's getting things done together. 
Oh, I love this. I just could not seriously love this more. Now, the other exciting thing that is coming up for you as well in this realm and, excuse me, this conversation about ADHD is a podcast. Yes. As well. And maybe we should tell them, let's tell them first about um, the name of your whole company, the new website and this new brand. So we used to be Christy Powers Photography, which you still are, that you haven't abandoned completely, semi-retired. Semi-retired. Yeah. <laughs> just semi-retired. Um, but the new brand is called what? It's just the coolest name. It's The Daily Distracted. And it's, like, it's, a new, it's a new old brand in that I tried to launch this, I think, two years ago. And it just the timing wasn't right. And it was, uh, yeah, doing too many things at once. And so now I've learned how to, like, scale things down, you know, scale things down and not do too much at once. And so here I am rolling out the Daily Distracted. And uh, I love that, like, I want to be, like, the little tagline, but, like, not actually daily because I'm not that consistent. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. The only thing consistent about me is that I'm inconsistent. <laughs> that is a fantastic tagline. Honestly, that's hilarious. The but I definitely am distracted daily. <laughs> and especially if car horns go off in the background, then we're like... <laughs> I know, I can't, I can't handle the noise. I'm like, what's, what's going on? My, yeah, my, that, my brain cannot stay focused when I'm like, just like distracted by sounds, <laughs> which yeah. is another thing, like all of these like sensory things that, that come up too. And it's like, you know, that, that was like the visual, like stimulation that comes up, like the dis- visual distraction and noticing that, like how much more like a visually clear area, clutter free, um, actually makes me achieve more. I can accomplish more because I'm not being held down by the distraction of, of visual clutter. So these are all these things that, yeah, I guess it's kind of, you could, you could know that, but like, I really truly know that now how much that stuff has a, has an effect on, on my productivity. No kidding. Hey. And we often think too, I mean, this is something I've come across in um, many conversations outside of my family, actually with um, friends and colleagues about ADHD and talking about, I'm going to circle us back to this idea of superpowers as well, because I think of you, when I think of you, I'm like, this is probably the single most creative person that I know, like just ideas and brilliant ideas, things like Santa Claus all the way to teeth, adult teeth in in the matter of 30 seconds. Like we just get to these really great, grand, big, beautiful ideas, super creative. Um, The other thing is, is you are so much fun. You're just a fun person. And we talked about dancing a little bit. I mean, I've seen you do renditions of dirty dancing on my like living room carpets, like the full, (laughs) the full rendition, the full choreography. You are just the most fun, the most like bright and cheerful person. And there is a myth that when you treat ADHD, whether you do that with medication or behaviorally, you're actually stripping away some of the magic of who you are and kind of dimming that light and dulling that down. And I would love for you to talk to that myth because I think it holds people back thinking that they're going to lose a part of who they are if they are either diagnosed or treated. Yeah. You know what, what I want to say to that, like, I I haven't been asked that before. And immediately what comes to mind is that, you know, you don't, you don't lose yourself. And in fact, you find yourself, find yourself more. And um, yeah, I just find that the whole idea of like dulling down, I, you know, the example I can use is for me, like one of my core values is like freedom. I like to have the freedom to do what I want, go where I want to go, do what I want to do. I don't like being hold down, held down to, you know, structure. I was a very avoidant of routines because I thought, you know, it's boring. It's so boring. It's dull. But actually, in reality, when you put in structure and you put in routines, you allow for more freedom and you allow for more enjoyment of that free time. So when I had my freedom, I was living in like, stress and overwhelm because I couldn't truly sit in and enjoy that because it would be like, I'm thinking about the million things that I forgot to do or potentially forgot to do or should be doing. And you you just, you get into that guilt spiral. But now when I have more routine in my life, I've discovered that in fact, it feels like I have more freedom. Oh, wow. What is number one tip for kind of systems and organization in your day? If you were to be the daily not distracted, what would be that one thing you wake up in the morning now and do that you didn't do before? 
Okay. So this is slightly different from what you're asking, but what came to mind, because this is again, what's so different from like regular life coaching, regular, you know, courses and, and stuff and tells us like, tells us how to do things. I'm going to tell you right now, what works for you is going to work for you now. And it's okay to change it when it doesn't. Ah, love that. Because that's where a lot of the guilt comes from when it's like, well, you know, this paper planner is working for me. Oh, I can't stick with these paper planners. Like I keep forgetting. And now I want to go digital and oh my gosh, why can't I just stick to one thing? Like, why am I digital now? And it's like going back and forth. And you know what I'm going to tell you that it is okay to go back and forth. We have permission to do what works for us and it is okay to change it when that thing is no longer working. Hint, because it might lose its novelty and we need to resparkleize something and that's okay. So that's like the biggest thing is like, I can't, I think like with true coaching, it's like not me telling you what you should do. It's me, you know, co-collaborating and being curious and discovering what can work for you and knowing that you have permission to change that. Oh, I love that so much. Not only does that make uh, conditions like ADHD more normalized, because there is, there's a lot of change and a lot of creativity and that's okay. It also is, it is way extending beyond the boundaries of an ADHD diagnosis at this point. These are massive pieces of wisdom for like all of society right now. Agreed. Like you are okay to, if it doesn't work for you anymore, you know, do what works for you now, but you are not the same person you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. You will learn new things, pick up new tips and tricks, start new. We're all different. And some people keep the same systems for 50 years and that's who they are. Yes. And just being okay with what that is, is really the kind of resounding theme here. It's like what exactly what you said, you don't lose yourself. You find yourself in that discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And moving towards the whole notion of like, acceptance and inclusion for, for, for other people too, because just like you said, someone might want to do the same thing for 50 years. And before I mean like, Oh, that's so boring. Now I'm like, cool, good. That works for them. That's great. Like that's so good. And I think the other thing to add too, is that, you know, the whole idea of like changing things up when they work for work for you and they don't, but there's also the side of like, when it comes to business and, you know, there are, when there are times that, you know, structure and routine, like they are important to stick with things. That's where I'm like, outsource, <laughs> delegate those okay. kind of things, right. To yeah. sort of, um, supplement like where your weaknesses might come in. And that's where it's like, you know what, outsource, delegate. <laughs> that's so smart. Yeah. It's such a great tip again, kind of outside pushes outside of the boundaries of just something like ADHD, but delegate the things that you're not, that are not in your zone or that you're not interested in, or that maybe you're just not that great at, and allow somebody else to step in and help you. Again, it's this team. It's this, I, I'm just keep visualizing this body doubling. It's like, let somebody else in, let somebody else support you. There's so much power in that. It's not, that's not weakness. That is strength on strength on strength. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Ooh, like so <laughs> many deep breaths I'm getting today. The other thing, and you mentioned inclusion actually, and I'm curious, since your diagnosis, I, I mean, I know you haven't been really public about it yet, kind of seeping it in here and there, other than with your coaching clients and your own uh, community behind the scenes, but how have people in your family and your close friend group really responded to this? Have you felt like this was a place you felt more included now, or have you felt some resistance around that? Um, I would say that I haven't done a lot of talking to a lot of people. I guess I have actually, I don't know. You know what the thing is? Like, I've just been super casual about it. It's not something I, I know one friend, one friend of mine who has a diagnosis was like, you know, I say, I'm, I want to share about this because it's scary, but I also want to be an advocate because we need these voices out there to be advocates, to know that we want to collectively, you know, move towards inclusion, release, release the stigma, like get rid of that whole, that whole thing. Right. Um, and so, but at the same time, like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be secretive. I, I don't know. It's sort of like interesting. I'm, I'm navigating it right now, I guess, like by, you know, coming, coming here on this podcast and it's like, I've done the work where I'm definitely not embarrassed. I'm, I am not, I don't feel any embarrassment around it. So, um, no, I love this though. And actually you're just navigating a conversation that you're learning along the way and figuring out who it is that you need on your support team. I think that's a really, really big message here too. You don't have to necessarily broadcast 
every component of yourself and mm-hmm. expects that the entire world, A, needs to know it, or B, can support you back and become that kind of inclusive society that you want around you, that community, I think it feels very powerful that you are reserving the right to talk about this when it feels comfortable. And yeah. again, kind of normalizing that it might not feel, it might feel comfortable tomorrow and it didn't today. And we just change when it works for me, it works for me. Exactly. Exactly. And I think for me, it's been a lot of like conversations and it's, it's conversations with people. Um, and it comes up and I, and I let them know and I share about that. And it's like, Ooh, there's more people out there who, who have it that you're, you'd be surprised. Well, maybe not surprised because those who are like, Oh yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I could totally see that. But, but either somebody knows somebody or somebody experiences it themselves. Right. So somebody knows somebody. And I think that's why, you know, for me, it's important to be out there, um, sharing like globally with, with more people because there's somebody that you, that you do know, you know, and I'm talking about like, I'm kind of bringing up that umbrella with the whole idea of like neurodivergency. Right. So that, that's, that could be autism. That could be just anything that's not neurotypical. That's so right. we all have plenty of those people in our lives, you know, if not ourselves, like we identify with some way. And so it's part of just being an advocate to, to get it out there, to, to move towards that accept, acceptance and, and inclusion on, on all levels. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Big, like high fives through the screen here. These are, there's a reason that we call it a spectrum. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. And you might be, if you're listening right now, identifying mildly, you might be identifying moderately and you might be identifying wildly at this point and thinking, this is really something I need help with. And just really knowing, I think, that someone as successful as you, Christy Powers, is out there saying, listen, I'm embracing this. This is who I am. And it doesn't make me, I said this on a recent podcast, and so I'm kind of, again, I'm doubling down on this. You can be two things at once. You don't have to be uh, ADHD and unsuccessful and not finishing things. Mm-hmm. There is actually help to be both of those things yes. and redefining what that achievement looks like or how you actually get to that place of achievement or what it even is. Like what is the medal at the end of anything anyway, but yeah. for some kind of structure that we've been told it should look like this and it should be this and you should do that. And your stepping stones, mm-hmm. as we said in your talk, need to lead to a specific place. Do they? Who made mm-hmm. that up? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like who, who is to say all of these, all of these things? Totally. Like my daughter has, um, uh, we've talked about this a lot. This is obviously how we came to this conversation, but she has ADHD. And one of the things that happens in her class, she's a a drawer. She's an artist Mm -hmm. and she draws, I mean, nonstop. You talk about hyper-focus. This kid cannot stop drawing. It just goes on and on. I have never seen a, a more accomplished artist and she's 11. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing the skill here, but she physically actually can't do her other work and she can't take in the rest of the information unless she's also drawing. Mm -hmm. She has to be doing that kind of in parallel to the other work that she's taking in. And that just doesn't sit well often in systems and in schools and in programs where you have to just have one thing happening at one time. And again, it's one of those things that's not really that interesting and it's kind of boring and there's no novelty to it. I'm sure you're, you're laughing because you probably identify with this as like maybe growing up and being that age and thinking like, none of this is interesting to me, but it's those kind of things too, where I think we talk about inclusion noticing how people are and their different coping mechanisms and what they're excited about and what they're interested in and how they bring their skills and talents to the world. It does not have to look like one thing. It might be that they're very visual or it might be that you're going to change that pronoun. You might be very visual, you or me, and not be able to process information the same way as somebody else does. And just allowing all the humans to be okay in whatever way they show up in the world and the skills that they're bringing, we end up with people exactly like you when we just embrace who you are, who turns all of this struggle that you've had in the past into this beautiful platform called literally connection, supporting other people who are struggling as well. Like I'm not truly sure, Christy, that there's anything more profound than that, than this work that you've kind of transitioned into. 
Thank you. That's, yeah, again, like I, I have felt so validated recently and in so many different areas because people are like, you know, there, there is a need, there is a need for this. Desperately, like desperately. And I think more of a need than even I identified prior to having you on today. Because when you said the lost generation of women, I literally felt that in my gut mm. and felt that, of course, yes. Of course. And, and I really do think, I, I cannot stress this enough, I could imagine people listening right now going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Christy, for just being here today and saying the thing that may actually help, even if it transforms just one person, to ask for help, to reach out for support, to join your membership community, look for that connection, and try and really break through that overwhelm. I mean, that's, that's magic. Yes. Yes. And I've, I can like paint like a final sort of picture of, because we were just talking about, you know, your daughter in school and stuff. And it's like, when I was in school, you, you wouldn't have guessed that because again, I wasn't jumping off the walls and it was it, in school. I got, I got good grades. I did well in school. I got good grades, but you know what? I was up until like 3am, 4am studying, not starting till I'd start last minute. And then I would squeak by and you know what? In, in college, you know, I did the same thing. I just, I, and I didn't finish also <laughs> I should add because like I was here at the school there at that school, but I would get really good grades because I was able to squeak on by. And this is what starts happening when women have children, because I could barely hold it together. I could barely hold it together in a, in a household with like, you know, cleaning and paying bills and, and all of these things like that, that led to a, a lot of like issues that are not fun, like, like debt and everything else. And, but I get by, I get by, and then you have a kid. And in my case, I had like three and three and a quarter years. So that's quite a lot. And so <laughs> let me tell you, that's when it started really unraveling because like, okay, I can barely look after myself. And here I am now responsible for three other little humans. And that's when the picture became even more clear that like, I can't keep up, but you, you sit in this place of not knowing and comparing to others. And, um, and I know that they have their struggles. But at the same time, you just feel like on a deeper level, you're like, hey, I, I'm hanging on by a thread here. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think, I mean, I hope it's okay that I say this. It felt that way in one of our earlier conversations. I could really see almost, I could see that pain kind of radiating outward mm -hmm. stuff that I hadn't seen before because it was always only ever the kind of joy and excitement. And when I started to kind of notice that pain, it was like, Oh, we got it. We got to wrap our arms around this girl. There's something mm -hmm. yeah. that needs to happen here. And I'm so like beyond, I'm like squeezing my face here. I know you can't see me out there. I'm so grateful to have even been a part of those early conversations with you, but to have witnessed this journey and to now be sitting here kind of actually announcing mm -hmm. this into the world. Like it could, it could bring me to tears, frankly, the role that even my daughter may have played in this yeah. connection and this community you've built. It's pretty profound. Full circle. And it's amazing how that, you know, that speaker's training and, and that talk that, you know, you helped me craft and that whole experience was so amazing. And it's just interesting because the, the theme of stepping stones and, and, and there I continued on my stepping stones and which led me to here. Right. And, and where am I going to go next? you know what? It's, it's cool. If I go somewhere next, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I have permission to do, to do what we want to do and just follow, follow our, follow our dreams and just all that. Yes. Down, you know? And you know what I see? I'm actually visualizing this as you're talking. It's like, I'm visualizing your actual stepping stones that we talked about, but I'm now visualizing them with like a whole bunch of parallel stepping stones of other people. This is like, this mm. is not just one line anymore. It's like a whole, I don't even know, like an ocean of stepping stones of all different colors and shapes and sizes of people coming together and working side by side to get to their next stepping stone, which mm. who knows what, who knows what that is, but it's like, we don't have to flip and do this thing alone. We don't exactly. have to do life alone. Exactly. If you're feeling held back, if you're feeling held back, reach out, connect, do it through connection. If that's like, that's like the biggest thing, mm. you know, if you want to go far, like don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. My goodness, Christy, that is such a beautiful way to kind of wrap up today. Um, I'm going to reiterate this for the listeners. You are the daily distracted.com. So mm -hmm. that's your website. 
on Instagram, you are at the daily distracted. Now, all of this will be in the show notes as well. You do have a second Instagram account, which is at Christy M powers, but we will put all of that in the show notes for listeners. The podcast also called daily distracted or the daily distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, if you follow her on Instagram and go to the website, you will find all of this information about the launch of the podcast and more, especially this membership community, which I don't think I could advocate for more strongly right now. If you are feeling whether you have a diagnosis, whether you don't have a diagnosis, whether you are ADHD or whether you might be just feeling overwhelmed and maybe anxious and you are unable to really get started in your life, please reach out here. I just don't think there's a more critical conversation happening at this time in the world. The membership community can also be found at thedailydistracted.com. Yes. Sign up there for my newsletter. And that's when I'll be like releasing all, all of the information. And uh, yeah, if you're on my list, then you'll get the details. I love it. Any final words for our listeners? Oh, honestly, to you, Anna, I am so grateful. It's just like amazing that everything that we've done together and that I've been a part of, and it's always a part of something bigger. It's always a part of something bigger. And I'm just so grateful for you to, to be continuing, to be continually coming up with these platforms to be able to like elevate others and like rise together, right? We're not, again, see, we're not doing it alone with you too. And that's why I know when I listen to your stuff and you always talk about connection and connections, like a big core value of mine and Hey, it's no wonder why we're connecting right now. And I am so thankful to be in your realm and, and thank you so much for, for the platforms that you provide for all of us. Oh, you're so welcome. And, and I don't say this kind of tritely, is that a word? Or I don't mean to sound trite. It really is my privilege and honor. Like I truly, and I, it's why I see you, I think, and it's why you and I get along so well and why we've cultivated so many great, brilliant ideas over the years, including some beautiful things that last year's unapologetic, the photography project, everything. Uh, I just, it's, it's, I, I rise, you rise, you rise, I rise. Like we just, we just cannot do life alone. And I just hope, Christy, that our stepping stones continue to be parallel because I think there is some magical dreamland out there at some point where we will all live in harmony with <laughs> car horns and <laughs> exactly <laughs> Our dancing, dancing, um, dancing impressions. <laughs> <laughs> no well, thank you again. Thank you. I, I just, I love you. I love you to pieces. Yes. Thanks I for love you too. I know, I know that I talk a lot about the power of this platform and the power of storytelling. Um, this edit though, holy moly, it just hit me right in the gut and in the heart for so many reasons. But one of those reasons, which I want to wrap with today, is just this notion of how deeply empowering or powerful it is to really discover yourself and to understand who you really are. And those things, there's a lot of dialogue. We have a lot of conversations in certainly the personal development space about diagnoses and whether or not it's a diagnosis or it's your diagnosis. So uh, just semantics really, but if you happen to have anxiety, is it that you are experiencing anxiety or is it your anxiety? And that's, there's some nuance there and it's very hard to determine, frankly, the greater importance of really embracing that. But I do have to point out that with something like this, and I know this personally in my family, as we've talked about today, the actual power that you feel when you can embrace information about who you are is really quite mind-blowing. There is nothing more empowering than knowing yourself and getting information and educating. It doesn't take away from who you are to have a label or to have a diagnosis, whatever you want to call that. It adds to who you are because you can use that as a springboard as Christy has to really help other people to become more aware, to embrace who they are, and to create lives and systems that can support the broader community of anyone out there struggling, but particularly anyone out there struggling who resonates with what you're going through, that whole feeling of you are not alone. So what can I even say? I love Christy Powers like beyond all, beyond all things. We have a bond 
greater than I have with many, many people. She's just one of those special people in my life. And I'm so grateful she is here. I'm going to end with a little happy dance. Maybe you can't see me, but here I go. Thank you for joining this edit of the Unapologetic Stories podcast. If you're ready to share your truth and rewrite your personal life story, connect with me at unapologeticstories.com for all the details on speaker training, storytelling, and strategizing your way through this one big life. If you've enjoyed listening, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening app or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetic Anna for new speaker training start dates. Until next time, stay brave, stay unapologetic, and keep bringing in your truth.